1: To find out if it's right for you,
2: it was back in February 2000.
1: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: We'd been let off work a little early, and I was following a co-worker down the road when I noticed he swerved off to the right side of the road, then swerved back onto the road and continued driving. I assumed maybe he wasn't paying attention or something ran out in front of him, but as I got closer, I saw a very tall black shape walking in the middle of the roadway. I, too, had to swerve, but I essentially came to a full stop as the thing walked next to my driver's window, I never saw a head on it, and I didn't even see any arms. It looked like a large person wrapped up in a black blanket or cloak. The movements when I first saw it in the headlights were not like any sort of person or animal that I've recognized. I relate it to flapping in the wind like those inflatable wacky arm men you see in front of stores or car dealerships sometimes. It took a step and flailed its torso around, then another step and more flapping, very unnatural movements. When it walked by the vehicle, it was considerably taller than my Explorer. It was leaning forward like a person who used a walker, but even leaning, it was still a foot or so taller. My Explorer was 67, according to Google, so this would have made it almost 7 tall while leaning forward. It had two very thick legs and a very thick torso, but I didn't see any hair, any clothing, nothing but solid black or dark brown. I couldn't make out any details other than that. When the red taillights lit it up as it was behind the vehicle, I could see between both legs, but the legs were solid, not translucent, as they blocked out the lights, so they had to have been solid. Anyways, I drove down the road and saw my co-worker had pulled off into a gravel parking lot. I pulled up next to him and he asked if I saw it and how it didn't have a head. I said I was going back to look for whatever it is, because, obviously, it's something strange. We ended up heading back the way we came, and I was in front. As we got back to the same general area, I saw a large black dog lying in the middle of the road. Now, for a dog, it was a lot bigger than any normal dog I've seen. But it was just lying in the road and looked like it was dead. So the first thing I assumed was that's what was walking in the road. Maybe it got hit by a car and was flopping around. It looked like a large black German shepherd type dog, but it had really thick, puffy fur like a chow dog. I got out to see what it was, and the dog raised its head up and looked back at me, growling with a low grumble. Its eyes reflected the headlights, so they looked like they were glowing yellowish. I stopped about 15 feet away from this dog, and it started trying to stand up but it sort of hobbled a bit, then stood up directly on its hind legs and looked at me. It was standing up like a person, not how a normal dog would appear to be standing up, but how a person normally would. It had to have been around six foot tall. I'm six foot three, and it was almost my height, I would guess. It stood there for just a second or two, and then got down on all fours and ran off the road into the trees, But I never actually saw it using its front legs. It had ears on top of its head, a normal dog-looking face. It didn't have stereotypical hands like werewolves or other dogman depictions. It had all the features of just being a very tall black dog that could stand up on its hind legs. It wasn't a bear. I can tell the difference. Bears also don't have pointed dog ears. We also don't have bears in Indiana, supposedly, but we also don't have upright, walking canines, so the area it ran to is a deer preserve, and it has about an eight- or nine-foot fence that goes around the whole area. I don't know where it went, but it disappeared once it got out of the headlights. By this point, my co-worker got out of his car, and I walked back toward him. We were both wondering what was going on. I happened to glance down, and standing between us was a normal-looking field mouse. It was also on its hind legs and using its front legs to clean itself. It looked all wet, and it hadn't been raining or snowing outside, so I wasn't sure how it was wet other than cleaning itself. I tried to nudge it with my shoe, but it didn't care. It just stayed there, wiping itself. We left, uh, got home, and looked up weird walking dogs. I drew a picture and posted it on a forum, and someone said I must have come across a Michigan dogman. I had never heard of that before. I knew about werewolves and stuff from movies, but I'd never heard of dogmen. I went back to work a few nights later and tried to tell my coworker about what I found, and the rest of the guys started laughing at me, so he got pissed off and basically threatened me to shut up about it, or he would just deny it happened. So I stopped talking about it and never really told anyone else for almost 15 years. I told my wife and a couple of close friends, but I don't even think they really believe it and I struggled to believe it myself. Logical reasoning would say it was a hurt dog. It was playing with this mouse and got hit by a car, broke its front legs and was hobbling around because it couldn't use them. That's why the mouse was wet and traumatized because the dog was messing with it. I can explain everything else away except that first thing walking in the road was so much bigger than the dog. I can accept everything else but that. This is why I started my podcast. I never felt like I could share my experience without people saying I'm insane. If someone told me it happened to them, I would also think the same thing. It's hard for someone who doesn't believe in this sort of stuff to have to question their own perception of reality. The book I wrote was heavily influenced by that night in my own life to an extent because this is something that's haunted me for a while. Now some may think, oh, he wrote a book, so it's clearly false, and I wouldn't blame anyone for thinking that. I wrote my experience into a fictionalized book, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's my own way of continuing to deal with the situation, is how I feel. At the end of the day, I don't know what we saw. I don't necessarily believe in dogmen, but I also don't know what to believe just because I saw something unexplainable. It would be so much easier to dismiss it and say it's all fake, and I wish it was, honestly. I was hoping you may be able to help. My research partner and me have a bit of a problem with a dogman at his cabin here in southeast Ohio. We have been researching the Ohio Grassman for about two years together. Well, now we have this dogman really becoming a problem. Since January 3rd of this year, this thing has been pissing on his cabin about four feet up in various spots. It has taken a frontal bite out one of his trees. It slashed one of them. It hangs out in the wee hours most nights, growling all around his cabin. We have it on video. Audio send trail cam so we know what we are dealing with. We are just asking for some advice on how to deal with it. This place where his cabin is is a campground that is primarily closed for the winter. There are a handful, if year-round residents, but a total of maybe eight. It is opening up for the season now, and we don't want anyone getting hurt. It is more of an upright dog than a wolf. He is getting more aggressive with time. My partner being an ex-army ranger does not scare easily, but this thing finally wore him out to the point. He left his cabin and went back to his homestead to regroup. Our thinking at the moment is to try and take it out. We started on a plan that we think will work. Problem being, we think there is more than one. There are grassmen all around this area. We have them on audio and photos, but neither is deterring the others. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. We don't really want to kill it, but it's getting to that point. We also don't want to draw attention to the area. The last thing we want is s bunch of people running around looking for it. Thanks for your time. My mother just told me that a few days ago, on her way to work at 5 a.m., She saw red eyeshine in the corner of her eye from her headlights. She tried to look at what had caused it, but what she saw made her shiver. The creature was about my father's height, which is six feet or more, and had turned towards the cornfield after looking at my mother's vehicle from the side of the road. As she passed it, all she could see was the back end. She described it as a naked man with dark gray or black wolf-like hair with no tail, After she passed it, she kept watching it and saw it turn its head to look at her. But it did not turn its body, unlike how a Bigfoot would. Its body remained still. She said she saw incredible intelligence, but also felt an evil presence. A few months prior, on my way home from work at 11.30 p.m., I saw red eyeshine, and then a large creature sped across the road, about three thousand, four thousand yards in front of me. It had black fur, a long muzzle with a large head, broad shoulders with what seemed like a mane around it, large and long front and back legs at a strange angle, and no tail. When it happened, the first thing that came to my mind was an impossible mix between a wolf and a wild boar. At the time, I didn't know about the dogman, but after learning about it, that's what I believed that creature had to be all of these incidents occurred in morrow county ohio another sighting happened last week outside of mount vernon knox county ohio about 35 45 miles from our house i'm from a small midwestern town nothing like what i saw happens here to my knowing and is pretty much completely normal. This took place in fall of my seventh grade, so around 2016, 2017. Even though it was a few years ago, I know that I saw something, but I'm not 100% sure what I saw. By the way, I'm telling this in first person simply because it's easier. Kylie, my mom, called up the stairs. I quickly went towards her voice as she began to explain. Your dad and I are heading out for the night. She clipped in a gold earring do you mind walking the dog before we leave? I simply nodded in response, clipping in the dog's leash as she continued talking about what they were doing that night. It was late November night and the sun had already set. By the time my mom finished talking and the dog was clipped in and ready to go, I closed the front door and immediately felt chills not only from the temperature but the atmosphere. Not one person was out. It's not that late, is it? I said to my dog with no response. I had made it half a street when my dog had stopped to sniff something on the ground. I looked out at the road ahead, nothing but houses and one stop sign. My brain immediately thought back to a dumb video my friend and I watched, trying to scare ourselves in class, where just like me, someone walking looks up at a stop sign to see a woman staring back at them, literally standing on the stop sign. I'm no one, I say looking down from the bold red sign. I still couldn't shake a creepy feeling as I looked down the road. My heart stopped. I'll try my best to describe the horrifying sight I saw. Looking back at me was about an eight, nine feet tall shadowy figure. Something with two legs tall and skinny, arms even longer reaching the ground but just as skinny, The body round, completed with a long, skinny neck and no face. Once again, I say no face. I was purely terrified. I pulled my dog to run, but she was frozen. I yelled out to her, making it hear then see me in the process. It began to follow us, in what I can only call a drunk on a tightrope walk. In response, I ran with all my night, cutting through my neighbor's backyard in the process. I slipped and fell, all while running on the muddy grass. I turned around, picking up my dog in one motion. It was even closer now. My head was pounding, as I ran with tears in my eyes. Turning around, I fixed my grip on the dog and ran for my life. I opened my back door, throwing us inside. It's going to get me. I yell as my parents run to me, thank God they hadn't left yet. Truly believing I was almost kidnapped, my dad ran outside. I sat for the next few minutes sobbing, trying to explain the events that just occurred to my mom. My Ada walked in through the back door and simply said, there's no one. Ever since that day, I've had terrible problems with anxiety and depression. To be fair, it could have nothing to do with what I saw but I have to think a small part of it was from the pure terror I saw that day. My name is of no importance, for I am a CIA operative, and anonymity is my shield. Today I find myself compelled to share a true story, one that defies explanation and haunts my thoughts to this day. And so, I have chosen to submit my account to your YouTube channel, hoping to find solace in the collective disbelief of others. So, it all began when I was deployed to the war, torn African nation of Congo. My mission was clear, infiltrate a terrorist organization and gather vital intelligence regarding their plans for a possible chemical attack on a major city. The gravity of the task at hand weighed heavily upon my shoulders, and the stakes were as high as they could be. As an agent of the CIA, I had witnessed my fair share of atrocities and the horrors of war. Africa was something else. It was a place consumed by chaos and despair, ravaged by years of conflict. Yet amidst the devastation, something else lurked, something far more inexplicable one fateful night, while on patrol deep within the dense woods, a feeling of unease settled upon me. The darkness was impenetrable. Suddenly, as if emerging from the very shadows themselves, I saw it. A creature resembling something akin to a yeti stood before me. Its unkempt brown hair hung loosely, swaying in the slight breeze. Its eyes, a piercing yellow glow, fixated on me, with an intensity that sent shivers down my spine. I watched in awe as it sniffed the air, its grotesque form devoid of a nose or mouth. It stood upright on two legs, a bipedal enigma that defied all logical explanation. Time stood still as I observed this inexplicable sight, but just as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature vanished into nearby woods. I was left standing there, heart pounding and mind racing to comprehend the impossible. The rational part of me insisted it was a hallucination or a figment of my exhausted imagination. But deep down, I knew what I had witnessed was real. Seeking answers, I approached the locals the following day, inquiring about any known wildlife that matched the description of the creature I had seen. To my bewilderment, they shook their heads in confusion. They told me there were no such animals in those parts, no wild creatures with brown hair and glowing yellow eyes. It was as if the creature existed only within the boundaries of my perception. Now, as I sit here sharing my account with you, I am plagued by a maelstrom of questions. What was that creature? Was it a mere anomaly, a result of my mind playing tricks on me? Or was it something more? Something that lurked in the depths of the unexplored, waiting to be discovered? My name is... Well, you can call me Officer Bryan. I work for a mid-sized police department in the outskirts of New York City. Myself and my partner have come across what we assume was a gag way while on patrol one night after being called to a persisting issue with teenagers at an old abandoned warehouse right near the woods. The incident happened about three years ago now, so some of the details are foggy, but I remember for the most part exactly how it went. My partner and I arrived at the old warehouse to be greeted by a decent sized group of rowdy teenagers. They were apparently having some party in there, but it was pretty clear that they got freaked out when we showed up. Everybody fled. My partner insisted that we go inside to check it out, which I thought was dumb because there was no way I was going on that place. Once we became aware of the situation, we also left. Not a minute after we got onto the main road did my partner get called to another call about an incident near a small farm outside of town. Before arriving, he told me that there had been a number of missing persons cases in all the nearby area. They were all adults. When we first arrived at the farmhouse, it was clear something really wrong had gone on there. The wife of the man who lived there was crying in the arms of a paramedic, and we were told by another officer there that she had discovered her husband's remains, his mangled corpse in the barn when she opened it up to feed their pigs. I was disgusted and confused. I couldn't figure out how something so violent could happen with anybody. After getting escorted to the barn, I couldn't believe how wrong I was. The man who lived there was a pretty big guy in his mid-fifties, and the way he looked now made me wonder if he put up a fight at all. He was badly mangled. I won't get into the detail other than his spine sticking out and his head twisted around. I had a difficult time getting a hold of myself while trying to talk to the wife of this man who was mutilated right there. After prying some questions, she eventually revealed that her husband went to check out on some pigs earlier in the night, but never came back. I wondered if he was taken or eaten by his pigs, since they were acting very strange. I knew deep down, though, that this wasn't done from a pig. This was from something else. I asked her what made her go out there, and she said it was because she heard snarling noises, and it sounded very out of place. Her husband did not come back either. She went on to say that she had heard these sounds before, but never paid much attention to them, that she had been hearing them a few days prior to this going on. I took her inside, convincing her I was sure everything would be fine. Meanwhile, my partner stayed behind with the other officers and assessed the scene, while also having a look around the area for anybody or anything that could have had a connection or cause to this incident. One thing that really bothered me was that none of the other officers seemed to be concerned with the noises that I had heard. They didn't think it was connected to the man's death, but I knew better than anybody how violent and strange this was. I couldn't shake off what his wife had said about hearing those noises. This was the only thing I needed to keep looking into this. No one believed me. They said I was too new and didn't really know what I was doing. I'm still extremely disturbed by this whole incident. If you have any information on what happened or think you might know, I would love to hear your opinion. This is what I saw back in 1998, 1999. It happened in Ohio on a warm summer evening. I was sitting on my friend's deck, enjoying the peaceful night. Little did I know that I was about to witness something that would forever etch itself into my memory. It was a bit past midnight when it all unfolded. I remember gazing up at the sky, admiring the vast expanse of twinkling stars above. Suddenly a blue streak tore across the heavens, resembling a meteor but much closer, as if it were only thirty-fifty feet above me. It happened so quickly, leaving me in awe of the spectacle. But that was just the beginning— Only moments after the blue streak disappeared, I noticed something strange in the distance. Two figures emerged, standing taller than any human I had ever encountered. They seemed to materialize out of thin air. Right before my eyes, my heart raced as I watched them, captivated by their presence. The figure in front turned its head as if acknowledging my presence on the deck. It locked eyes with me for a brief moment, and I could feel a sense of curiosity emanating from it. Then, without warning, they both started to fade away, gradually becoming transparent as they walked away. The encounter lasted no more than twenty seconds, but it felt like an eternity. There was no possible explanation for what I had just witnessed. It couldn't have been a trick of the light or any ordinary phenomenon. These beings were undeniably real, walking upright and emitting a radiant white glow. As I sat there, stunned by what I had seen, I knew deep down that sharing this experience would be met with skepticism and disbelief. The sheer absurdity of the encounter made it difficult for me to discuss it with others. So I kept it to myself, burying the memory deep within me. Over the years, I occasionally pondered the events of that fateful night. The blue streak, the enigmatic beings, and the inexplicable glow they emanated. I questioned their origin, their purpose, and whether there were others out there who had witnessed similar phenomena. But no matter how much time passed, the memory remained vivid and haunting. It became my secret, my personal encounter with the unexplained. And though I may never fully comprehend what I saw that night, I am forever changed by the undeniable reality of the extraordinary beings who crossed my path. To this day, I carry the weight of that encounter, knowing that sometimes the most extraordinary experiences are the ones we keep hidden, locked away in the depths of our hearts. Honestly, I don't know how much I believe in cryptids, but my mother once told me a story. It involves my great-great-grandmother and her neighbor, essentially her boyfriend later in life after her husband passed away. The story was shared with my mother by this neighbor when he was still young. According to the neighbor, he and his friends were playing a game of hide-and-seek one day. It was a typical day in the 1910s. As he found a hiding spot nestled away from his seeking friends, something strange caught his eye. From the corner of his hiding spot he saw a sight that would forever be etched into his memory. A long, white creature emerged from a sewer drain, moving on all fours with an uncanny grace. Its form was unlike anything he had ever seen before. It seemed to possess a certain alien quality. Curiosity overwhelmed him as he watched the creature intently. It crawled with an eerie precision, almost as if it knew it was being observed. Without warning, it disappeared into another nearby sewer drain, leaving the young boy in a state of both awe and confusion. As my mother relayed this story to me, I couldn't help but be intrigued. The image of this mysterious creature crawling through the sewers lingered in my mind. What do you all think? And before you start, mother would never lie to me. A camp instructor I once had was mountain biking or camping somewhere in Canada with a mate of hers. It was up in the mountains in a really remote place. So she's biking around and they decide to set up camp in a clearing up on the trail. They see the clearing is perfectly round and the trees surround it so they can't see out. They're chilling making noodles near the tent as the sun's setting and they see around 10.15. People have surrounded them. The people are wearing dark robes and apparently something similar to HP Death Eater masks. The masked people start stepping in unison and get closer and closer to them. They start freaking the F out and screaming at them to stop. Then get on their bikes and kick some of the people away and ride down the mountain as fast as they can. They come across a cabin and start banging on the door and a dude, a hunter of some sort, comes out. They explain the situation, and he radios his buddies to go check it out with him, Mac. Turns out that place is a high-action cult area, and there has been missing persons and people taken by cults. Oh, and when the hunter got there, all the tent and stuff was taken. My girlfriend and I were camping in the backyard in the west end of Council Bluffs, Iowa. The date was July 7, 1974. I noticed an object high in the sky, traveling from horizon to horizon like a satellite, except it was red and traveling somewhat faster and moving side to side in wave motion. Not a fixed pattern, but not exactly random either. It went much slower than a meteor. We stood up from our cots to better watch the skies. A short time later, we saw a disk shaped object with red lights on its perimeter from a distance of about two miles. It seemed to be moving above the trees near the Missouri River or following the river itself. It was not quite hovering, but moving slowly while tipping on its sides and demonstrating to us that this was something very unusual. We watched it head south until we lost it below the trees. We stayed alert and debated if we should go to Lewis and Clark Monument a park on the bluffs overlooking Council Bluffs in Omaha. About five or ten minutes after last, seeing the object, it flew almost directly over our heads. About a block away, now going north and still just above treetop level. We lost sight of it and decided to go ahead and drive to the park. On the way, we were driving through Big Lake Park, and I was keeping watch. I saw the object coming in our direction still at tree tip level, except I had the eerie feeling that it was coming for us. We panicked. I wanted to hide under the train bridge near the tennis court, and my girlfriend stopped the car about 50 yards short of the bridge. We ran to and under the bridge to hide. I've never experienced that kind of fear before or since, but like a couple of prairie dogs, we felt compelled to peek out and see more of this incredible object. So we did. It was hovering above a large cottonwood tree near the tennis court about 50 to 75 yards away from us. It was still dark out. The disc looked about 100 feet in diameter, with large red rectangular lights flashing in sequence around its edge, which seemed to be about 15 feet thick. As we watched, frozen with awe and fear, it dipped its edge while hovering, One of the red lights went out, and in its place, a beam of light shot out of it and shined directly at us. The next thing either of us remember is that it was now daylight, and we were back in the car driving towards our original destination of Lewis and Clark Monument. We called police, and they said they had a report of something in Missouri Valley, Iowa, about 20 miles to the north. Animals were behaving strangely. Either they were oddly quiet or behaving wildly. When we drove back through Big Lake Park, there were people there who said they saw nothing. I don't really know how much time we're talking about here. In 1974, I'd never heard of the phenomenon of missing time. But over the years, I became well-schooled with the term. We make no claims of abduction. Dr. Kasher of the University of Nebraska at Omaha, after hearing my story, referred me to a hypnotist. I never went, maybe out of fear. I was afraid to know any more. To this day, I feel I know enough. My girlfriend and I went home that morning and drew identical pictures and repeated identical stories. You have to understand, at the time, I thought the world was coming to an end or something. In 1977, an article came out in Popular Mechanics about an incident that happened very near there involving a blob of molten metal falling 500 feet from an object similar in description to what we saw. Jacques Valley came to investigate that occurrence. That is why I repeat my story and will always harbor these hazy memories and questions. I've never seen or experienced anything like that since, but I feel it in my gut every day.